0: some of us in this room were at a retreat this last uh, Saturday out in Marin County at a beautiful place called Green Green Gulch Farm Zen Center. And it was a rather exquisite day um, for a number of different reasons. But for me, it was like a rather beautiful homecoming. Every time I go there, I'm reminded of what uh, kind of a, a deep resonant offering an environment can make. And I spent a lot of time there, especially uh, it's almost 20 years ago that uh, well, it's over 20 years ago when I first went, but uh, you know where I really started practicing fairly seriously. And so much of it had changed. And so much of it was exactly the same. Uh, I recall one instance going into the office, and I had to take care of some, some stuff, and the guy was on the phone, and he looked at me and he very nicely. said, you know, just one minute. And then, and then he finished the uh, conversation. I thought this is a really interesting way to finish a phone conversation. He says, thank you, I have no complaint Of the phone, and I thought, boy, that's uh, that pretty much sums up at least the beginning of most enlightened teaching. Thank you. I have no complaint. It's a miraculous moment when we can really accept what is, without trying to adjust it, manipulate it, bank on it stretch it, change it, you know, whatever. When we just take take the moment as is, we have no complaint about it. We just participate fully from that place of acceptance. And part of that idea of acceptance is that its implementation offers us what we can call presence. And I mean that in two ways, not just the present moment, being totally aware of the present moment, but being totally aware of our bodies and our minds in any situation, in any moment. That there is a deep connectivity that we experience with our bodies, our minds, and our environment at any point in time whether it's pleasurable or not so pleasurable. And this kind of arises in us when we begin to uh, accept, when we begin not to go to war with what is, so to speak. When we take full, complete, and total responsibility For the situation that we are facing. And when we agree to participate fully from that acceptance and that place of responsibility, we participate, and that's where it all kind of shows up. That's where we have really no complaint we're we're grateful we're grateful for for what is and we're no longer clinging to a sense of self-importance we're no longer clinging to a story or a storyline that we want to follow or a story that we want to ditch get rid of whatever we're just we're right there utterly accepting what is there's a line out of uh uh The Art of Dreaming, where Don Juan tells Carlos Castaneda, quote, most of our energy goes into upholding our importance. If we were capable of losing some of that importance, two extraordinary things would happen to us. One, we would free our energy from trying to maintain the illusory illusory idea of our grandeur. And two, we would provide ourselves with enough energy to catch a glimpse of the actual grandeur of the universe. I just love that line. What happens if we just loosened up a little bit? What would happen if our self-esteem wasn't nearly as important as our realization? Shall we sit? feels like I spend a lot of time talking about (laughs) living in the now, Uh, you know, various, maybe various teachings, some of them really obvious, some of them kind of abstruse, twisted, and you know, uh, but point of fact is, all of this work is basically helping us, it's, it's about helping us to become grounded, ordinary people. Supremely ordinary. Where there's nothing special. And that is really hard for uh, people who have uh, uh you know, decently formulated egos and, you know, their esteem is, you know, they believe in themselves and so forth and there's nothing wrong with that. It's totally compatible. You can be, in other words, a person who is grounded and who celebrates, if you will, their ordinariness without losing the individuality that you are. And this individuality is really beautiful. I mean, the, the uh, we, we look at the, the two polarities of the entire universe are, you know, one and many. Uh, we refer to it sometimes as eros and agape. Eros, uh, uh, wisdom. Agape, compassion. The one and the many. These things, these seeming, uh, this, they seem like polar opposites, but in effect they're, Absolutely, totally connected. And our ability to begin to appreciate both the one and the all in every situation that we're in allows us to be ordinary. I've shared this with you before that uh, how (laughs) my teacher's teacher, Suzuki Roshi, uh was described once as um, having precisely nothing extra. There was nothing extra about him. He was incredibly short. um, Not a particularly... He didn't have a particularly huge command of the English language. He wasn't hyper-charismatic. He wasn't... um, uh, not only by his own admission, but by several of his students' uh, uh, assessment. He wasn't particularly brilliant. He was ordinary. But he was so ordinary that he changed culture. We have this idea that we kind of cling to, as the uh, Castaneda quote that I gave you in the beginning seems to kind of refer to, we go into this space so readily where we are all about uh, solidifying a particular story, a particular image, a particular... Um, a particular facade, a personality. And it it's basically just a series of uh, brush strokes to decorate this mask that we wear. And there's some beautiful masks. Really, I mean, there's some beautiful masks. But none of those masks can hold a candle to what's behind them. What's behind the mask of personality? What's behind this stuff that we carry with us, you know, the decisions we make about the cars we drive and the clothes we wear and the number of letters after our name and the, uh, you know, the the crowd we hang with or the home we own, the size of it, you know, we can really, really uh, let that become this amazing playground for that in us which is small, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I tell I say this to you as somebody who really feels pretty connected to his Acura I really like my Acura I know it's just a car you know got dinged the other day I mean, you know what it's a car I like it but it's, it's a car come on you know So how do we get to a place where we can accept where we are as we are facing it? How can we accept our circumstances? How can we begin to accept our life situations and never confuse situations with reality? Let me explain that. What happens when you begin to look at uh personal tragedies as events instead of tragedies it is an event that i throw a lot of baggage onto and then it becomes then it becomes my tragedy every one of us has had them every one of us will experience more of them most likely But our ability to not get caught by the definition, not get caught by what the situation provides us with, instead to actually be able to see through it and see it as an invitation, that becomes incredibly empowering to what's behind the mask. It allows what's behind the mask to begin shooting out from the eyes metaphorically. When we can not get limited by our situations, But we become enlivened by what's happened. We have my grandmother's cousin is 96 right now. She has lost, within the last year, she lost her husband, I believe it was a 71-year marriage. (laughs) I don't know what you give for your 71st anniversary. You know? A cane? I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's just uh, that's just got to be a kick in the pants. Uh, anyway, she's this this guy. Uh, she she lost him. She lost her husband, and then uh, I guess it was three months later, in a freak accident, she loses her eldest son, and she can no longer hear. So uh, she she leaves. <laughs> she leaves her television on like full bore you know and so she's always got you know kind of the neighbor who is this guy who's if I, I hope i'm getting the story right A guy who's like 80 and she she calls him a kid you know he's always telling me to turn it down you know type deal anyway her sense of peace in the face of all of these personal tragedies is so edifying. It's so incredible. And it's not just because of her age. It's because, in my view, her spiritual life is grounded in a place of utter, complete, and total acceptance of what is. It didn't hurt that she was married to a preacher who actually, uh, he was way ahead of his time way ahead of his time. He was talking about God's love as opposed to it says here. There's a huge difference, I think, especially when it comes to helping people evolve past their attachments. Anyway, she accepts what is. She uh, takes responsibility for the way she relates to what is. It's nobody else's fault. It's, It's never why me. She has no interest in putting any more brush strokes on her mask. She just lives. And she lives with integrity and with smiles and with tears all the time. Totally authentic, nothing extra. Perhaps the most beautiful thing that I've noticed in this marvelous woman (laughs) over the years is an utter defenselessness. she recognizes that she doesn't have to defend her point of view. She doesn't have to defend where she is. She doesn't have to give any reasons. She doesn't have to fight any battles anymore. And when you see, some of you may have met a person like this or come into contact with someone who's no longer fighting. They're they're not fighting demons because the demons have all gone away. They're no longer fighting a sense of uh, image. They're no longer trying to, like I said, work on the mask. They're just, they're no, they are just ripping the mask off and facing the world with all that they are. And guess what? The world is enlivened by that. They are changed by the world and they can simultaneously change it. Because there is this utter defenselessness. A total lack of division. She is at once wisdom and compassion, eros and agape, the one and the many, seamlessly. She doesn't get caught somewhere in between trying to negotiate, well, what am I now in this moment? Instead, she's just there. And it's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. in the sufi tradition we say as i've i always give this quote because i love it so much but die before you die and then you won't die and this is exactly where this woman has been for the last few decades she does not confuse her life with her life situation she takes full responsibility for her feelings no one can make her feel guilty no one can make her feel sad nor can any situation, she has to choose it. She accepts. And boy, what a teacher, what a teacher that is. Can we, for instance, not have to defend a position? Can we watch the news and not get pissed off by the news? What a great arena. Because their job is to try to get you angry or afraid or both. Right? That's their job. That's how they sell airspace. Can you take it and let it go? Great little test. I don't recommend that to all of you. Some of you might want to avoid that for at least a few weeks. Start practicing with um, your dog not coming when you say come start, you know, dealing with that conflict first and then maybe move on to something <laughs> a little more intense like the news. But still it's just a it's a fascinating, fascinating thing. Fascinating opportunity. Fascinating arena for receiving teaching. So offering ourselves up to a defenselessness does not mean giving in, getting batted around. It means knowing that you have nothing to prove, knowing that you don't have to respond to another's scorekeeping or your own. Responsibility, taking responsibility I should say, is about literally choosing well. Checking in, whatever choice I'm about to make here, does it actually help generate consciousness, kindness for all concerned, including me? Recognizing that no one can make you feel guilty. You have to allow them to make you feel guilty. No one can make you feel angry. You have to allow that to happen. You have to choose the anger, choose to respond to a situation with anger. And then, can we accept? Can we accept what is fully? This is what this this is the hand that I have been dealt. What's the appropriate response now? Instead of this is the hand I've been dealt. Damn it. At least if we feel that, this is the hand I've been dealt. Damn it. Don't stay there very long. Instead of yes, but, yes, but, yes, but, it's now what? Totally different angle of approaching experience, of, an, of approaching, approaching an event. Start small, but play this one out. test yourselves, put yourselves in situations where you know you you feel like you have something to defend, and then try that on, not defending this is what I believe, and let someone try to convince you or whatever and it 's just okay no that 's okay i i don 't feel like I have to defend this it 's amazingly refreshing. <laughs> Can you take responsibility, total responsibility for the way you feel? Try it on. See what that feels like. Can you accept the hand that you've been dealt instead of getting pissed off about it? Or instead of, to stretch the metaphor, trying to bluff? Or upping the ante? Yeah. You know, the the first the first real step is kind of starting to ask the question, (laughs) which is, "Oh my God, wait, am I really? I I really am going to die, aren't I?" And the people around me, one of us is going first. You know, death death is the great equalizer. Over a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone approaches zero. That's from Fight Club, one of the greatest zen movies ever. You know? It's just, it's, it's so fantastic. So play for keeps. You know? Play hard. Every second becomes icing with that realization. It's a great way to stiffen up your practice, too. I found. I found. Uh, the, the near near-death... Uh, experiences of others that I knew and even myself really got me whoa whoa what the hell why was I complaining about that you know so they're great great offerings to help us kind of gain perspective Um, so I mean I guess this is a long a long way Bobby of saying you're doing just fine you're doing just fine play for keeps don't hold back It was nice having you there by the way, yesterday yeah yeah it's nice having you here now too <laughs> yeah I went to a salon um a weekend ago and it was promoting a spiritual practice heart or the head mm-hmm. the heart and then the body yeah. And I was intoxicated by some of the people that I met there. Yeah. And the intoxication was the light mm-hmm. in their eyes. Yeah. And so I struggled with that. Um, maybe wanting to jump start to be there. Mm-hmm. And from what you're saying, you can be there just by or practice being here now or in the present over the weekend. And it was amazing. But I guess I... I there's still that intoxication or that... Um... Yeah, we call it... We have a name for it, actually. Okay. It's called Shakti. And it is intoxicating. And in spiritual terms, it's like candy. And we need to be very careful because we can misalign our practice with Shakti as opposed to what's beyond Shakti. It's not that Shakti... Shakti is a very natural byproduct of peace. If you were... If you're paying attention, if you're, like, starting to settle into the present moment, the minute these things kind of start kind of revealing themselves, and when I say things, meaning what's beyond them, the minute we kind of start (laughs) shaking loose a little bit of that I, me, and mine, Mm -hmm. and we start really connecting, the very natural response to that is kind of, it looks almost like a glow. Mm -hmm. You know? And, uh... You can feel it, you can just it's palpable it's presence mm-hmm. right yes. and so the uh, the the fact that you're curious about it and that you were immediately attracted to it and so forth, I think is marvelous. Mm-hmm. I would just be careful about getting caught by it because this work is about exactly what is beyond intoxication. This work is about. Utter, complete, and total sobriety, and lots of practitioners will stop at that place of the where it almost feels like you're getting high. You know, you will find if you meditate enough, there are going to be some states that begin to hit you where you're like, "I'm not even. I'm not going to say a word or do anything that could maul this, this this fragile, delicate state of peace that I've happened into." I'm staying right here. That's really common. Lots of people do that for years. Well, I felt that in the past, but now yeah. I feel like I've fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah. And I want to wake up again. Right, right, because it's a false awakening. Fe- feeling peace, or feeling bliss, mm-hmm. should not be mistaken with awakening, ever. And people do it all the time. And there are teachings that tell you that. And it's just—it's absolutely not where 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 uh, we're going an infinite smile, or what my, my sense of the teaching is that when when we stop at the mountaintop, we ruin the gift of that view. We make it small. And so um, this isn't to take anything away from anybody who's practicing that way, and that's fine for them. I just don't think it's an authentic uh, uh, practice grounded in the truth beyond name and form. Instead, it goes to, to this... Truth that just kind of becomes expansive in form it doesn't go past it doesn't go to the formless in a way that actually can, can change lives they can maybe a little bit you know, certainly there are charismatics who've done you know really amazing things but it's beyond the charisma it's beyond the shakti it's past that and bringing that back in allows for us to kind of shakti isn't the deal Bliss isn't the deal. There's it's not n- about being jump-started. <laughs> no, no. No, it's, 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 and, and that's one of the things that's so... I mean, how do you sell that to people? <laughs> you know, it's, this is very hard to market if you think about it. Well, what is it going to give me? Nothing. Precisely nothing. <laughs> I'm, sign me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, what do you have to teach me? Nothing. No, no. Really, you know? So so on the one hand, I would say, be careful. On the other hand, I would say, if you are feeling connected or pulled, you better follow that. You better follow it and see where it takes you. But just know, know that there's more. You're welcome. <laughs> Nothing for sale. It's free except it's 15 bucks a week. <laughs> Anyone else? Yes, sir. You're talking about your grandmother and Suzuki uh, Roshi and that uh, quality of defensiveness, and I never actually met Suzuki Roshi, but I've met teachers along that line and <clears throat> There is something about coming into contact with a person like that is they have a way of uh, making people around them drop their defenses. side, literally feel it physically. Yeah. You know, the openness. But uh, uh, in this culture, we're conditioned to keep our guard up all the time. Right. And how do we how do we do that and become that open? Sometimes it takes getting punched, and realizing that that won't hurt that bad that we have our fear around getting punched is far more scary and painful than the actual getting punched keeping the defenses up takes so much energy and you're right you know when someone can cultivate uh, deep trust um, you know we can kind of come out from behind The, the, the dukes come down right and it's, it's not until the, it's not just that, that the dukes come down, it's that the hands must open in order for anything to really come in uh, that's where the invitation occurs this is not an invitation this is not an invitation that's not an invitation right <laughs> you know it's, it's this very it's, it's I mean, there's a reason why the cross is such an amazingly powerful symbol it's utterly open, total sacrifice you know, and that cross is an instrument of torture on the one hand. The cross also represents an intersection of body body mind, right all of it right here at this center. and then being able to kind of let go ahead you want to nail this hand and this hand, okay, and the feet too, go for it. Watch, I'm still here. Turn the other cheek. You got this one. You want this one too? Go for it, right? So it becomes this very, very, in my view, very beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, invitation to opening to whatever is, taking full responsibility, being utterly defenseless. A little Christianity in there for you.